And the more time that I spent in Ecclesiastes, the more it became clear and evident that that was not where we would be for this morning's service. And so because it is Father's Day, I felt the liberty and I felt the leading to take a break from our study of Ecclesiastes. And so in just a couple of moments, we're going to be in the book of Proverbs. And if you know anything about Proverbs, which I'm sure many of you do, uh, it was written by Solomon, who also penned the words of Ecclesiastes. So we will stay with the same author but obviously a different book and a little bit different thought than what we would normally deal with, I guess, out of the book of Ecclesiastes. But Proverbs chapter 18 is where we're going to be this morning. Proverbs chapter 18. As you're finding your place, I want to begin this morning's sermon for just a, with just a couple of thoughts and As I've said on so many occasions before, I hope that when this is all said and done, it'll tie together and you'll see the purpose and the point in all this. But right now in Oklahoma, actually he's not in Oklahoma, uh, he's on vacation, but under normal circumstances right now in Oklahoma, there would reside my only sibling who is my older brother by the name of Eric. And if you were to do a comparison and contrast of me and my brother, what you would find is this, is that there is more to contrast than there is to compare. He and I are very, very different in so much of our lives. For the most part, he and I do not look anything alike. Uh, I know that there are some resemblances, but you would not look at him and look at me and just immediately know that we were together There are certainly some differences in our looks. There are certainly differences in our personality. Uh, He is much like my dad, who is far more quiet than my mom. I am more like my mom, not that I talk as much as her, but I am able to make conversation more easily like her as opposed to my dad. Uh, My brother is and has always been very laid back, uh, not really too bound by a schedule, not too worried about a schedule. And for the first 42 years of my life, which would be right about now, uh, I've enjoyed a schedule. I like to be scheduled. I like to be on a routine. I like to know what's going on. And so there are just many, many differences about us. Of course, some similarities, but probably more differences than things that we would share by way of personality and attitude, approach, things like that. That being said, because we are brothers This is also true whether he would like it or not, whether I would like it or not, and that is this, that we are just connected in ways that will never be able to be separated. We may not look alike. We may not have the same personality. We may not be geared the same way in our approach to life, but we are forever connected because we are brothers. We share the same bloodline. We share so many of the same family experiences growing up. And so again, whether he would always like it or not, whether or not I would always like it, really doesn't matter. We are forever connected because we are brothers. Now that's one thought that I want us to think about. Now I want us to think about something else this morning. I know that this is probably true of most everyone in this room, maybe not all, but for most, and that would be this that over the course of our lives, we have had jobs and we have had things that we have done by way of an occupation because it had to be done. Is that true? 
All of us have had jobs. All of us have had occupations, careers, whatever we might want to refer to them as. I was thinking back to my very first official job. Some of you have heard me talk about this before, but I worked at a miniature golf place. It was pretty, pretty uptown, you know. I mean, it was pretty high class. Putt-putt, batting cages, and a driving range, okay? So that, that was my first job, and I made a little over $3 an hour doing that. And, and it gave me a sense of purpose. It gave me a reason to get up, I guess, in the mornings other than my parents giving me a reason. But that was my first job. And then I remember after I graduated high school, I worked as an electrician's apprentice for about a year. And then in college, I was in a warehouse. I had a paper route. And then eventually God led me here. And so like many of you, it would be true of me that I have had several different jobs in the early years of my life until I got on my feet and a little bit more established where I received a paycheck on a regular basis and that's how I survived financially. That being so, we also know this, I think, that there are other jobs and other responsibilities that we have been given in life where there is no financial compensation for those positions. Would you agree? It's a job. It's a responsibility. It is something that needs to be done, and yet there will never, ever be one ounce of financial compensation given to us for those things. I thought back to my early years of adulthood, and I was going to church there in Oklahoma City, and they had several bus routes that the church ran, and I was a driver for one of those church bus routes. That was one of my jobs. That was my responsibility. That was something that I was obligated to, and again, I would never receive one penny of financial compensation for that, but nonetheless, it was mine. In 1995, Whenever Susie and I got married just a little over 22 years ago, I was given another job. I was given another task. I was given another responsibility that I would never be financially compensated for whenever Susie and I got married. I now, at that moment, had the responsibility of being the right kind of a husband to her. And there were so many different things that were involved in that but you and I as husbands and, and you ladies know as wives, you, you never get a paycheck for what you do in that position or in that role. And then on December 3rd, 1997, God blessed Susie and I with Nathan, our firstborn, and I became a dad. And as a result of becoming a dad, I was given another job. I was given another occupation, so to speak, and that was to be a father to him and then later to Hannah and Leah. And so here's what we understand, and here's where I'm trying to get with this, and it's going to be a Father's Day message-ish, but it's going to be more of just a reminder to all of us who are parents. But I want us to think about this as we as parents have been given this job of raising children, as we have been given this job, as we have been entrusted with these children that God has blessed us with, there are so many responsibilities associated with this, are there not? Of course there are. You know as well as I do that one of our responsibilities as a father and as a mother is to make sure that the needs of our children are met. They have to be fed. They have to be clothed. And truthfully, that is our responsibility. That is not the state's responsibility. That is not our parents' responsibility. It's not some relative's responsibility. 
to feed and to clothe and to provide shelter for our children, that's on us. That's one of our jobs. That's one of our occupations. It is our responsibility, especially in our culture today, to make sure that our kids receive an education. It's necessary. It's important in our day. It's important in our culture. And so that job falls on us to make sure that our kids are being educated and, and that they're being educated in a way that will help them as they go through life. But it's also our job and our responsibility to raise kids that are actually beneficial and, a, and an asset to the culture that we're a part of. Would you agree? We need to raise children who are respectful, who are polite, who are hardworking, who, who, again, contribute to this world, who are not just always sucking from the life of this world. They need to be givers and they need to be contributors. But past that, there is this. As a parent, we have the responsibility and we have been given the instruction and we have been given the orders to raise children in the way that they should go. The Bible says that we're supposed to train up our children in the way that they should go so that when they are old, they will not depart from it. The Scripture says to you and I as parents that we are to train them in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. That is a responsibility that I bear as a father. That is a responsibility you as dads and you as mothers, you bear. That is our responsibility. No one will ever write us a check. No one will ever pay us for it. But because of the position that we are in as fathers and as mothers, it is not just enough to feed our children and to clothe our children and to educate our children and to make sure they're respectful and to make sure they're polite and to make sure they are hardworking people. No, it is also our responsibility to make sure that they understand the truths of Scripture, that they understand this is what God's Word teaches, that is my job, that is your job, and that job belongs to no one else but us as it relates to our kids. It's just the way it works. If you're a Bible believer, you understand this is the job you have been given as a father and as a mother. So that in mind, I want us to look in verse number 9. In verse number 9, we see a passage that some of us, I'm sure, are familiar with. But he said in verse number 9 that he also that is slothful in his work. He also that is slothful in his work. What does it mean when Solomon speaks of work? He's talking about one's business or one's occupation. Now, I'm sure that to an extent in the immediate context what Solomon was dealing with and what Solomon was addressing was the things that we do in order to work, to provide, to make a living so as to have our needs met. But it's also true that it can apply and it can be directed toward any area of our lives where we have a responsibility, where we have a task, where we have a business at hand, so to speak. And so what Solomon said is this, is he also that is slothful in his work. Well, what does that mean to be slothful? It means this, to be lazy, to be idle, or inactive. A person who avoids activity or exertion of oneself. We understand what it means to be slothful, don't we? Just very simple. It means to be lazy. So what Solomon is suggesting is this, is that it is possible 
for a person to be lazy as it relates to their work, as it relates to their business, as it relates to their occupation, as it relates to what they are responsible for, whatever that environment may include. So we could say it like this. It is possible for people to be lazy, not just on the job, but it is possible for people to be lazy, say, within a home, within a marriage, or within the process of raising their children, because that is one of the responsibilities they have. So that would be true, would it not? I mean, I look at Susie and I, and I know that some of you have heard this before, but I look at Susie and I, and here's what I would say of us, especially in the early days of our marriage. Whenever it came to being hardworking individuals, so as to make money, so as to be able to pay the bills, so as to be able to provide for ourselves, we were hard workers. My day began at 3 o'clock with the paper route. It ended usually sometime around 10 o'clock at night whenever I came home from work, had supper, and did homework. She began her day more times than not around 7.30 at work. She worked till 5.30, came home, did supper, and had everything prepared for whenever I came home. We worked hard by way of making a living. But the truth is this, when it came to our relationship, when it came to our marriage, both she and I were slothful. We were lazy. I had a responsibility to her as her husband to be the spiritual leader, to be the, the role model, to be the, to be the guide. And whenever it came to that, here was the truth of the matter. Here is what our relationship looked like. I was lazy by way of my spiritual leadership. I gave her nothing by way of spiritual leadership to follow. I wasn't the one prompting her. I wasn't the one encouraging her. I wasn't challenging her. I was one who was very focused on self and very consumed with self. So I was good at working hard to make a living, but I was extremely slothful and lazy in my occupation as a husband. And Susie would tell you this, that while she worked hard to help supplement the income and to help provide for the needs of our family, she would also be honest and say this, that she was slothful in her work as a wife. Though the Scripture said, do these things, though the Scripture said, be these things, Susie would say that she was slothful, that she was lazy, that she was idle, that she was inactive, that she did not exert the energy needed to be the kind of wife she was supposed to be. And so when you think about that, you realize, at least I hope, that it's not just in areas of work that you can be slothful in where you're getting a paycheck. We can also be very lazy in those areas of life where we have a job, where we have a responsibility, where we'll never be paid. So let me ask us this. If it's possible to be slothful in areas of life where you'll never get paid, is it possible for a father or a mother to be slothful in the area of raising children? Well, the obvious answer is yes, it is possible. I think every one of us know that there are people all around us and they do not take serious their responsibility to provide for their children. They just don't concern themselves with it. They've got so many other things they'd rather concern themselves with. So many times when it comes to the basic needs, the necessities of life, providing for their children, so many times the children go without and someone else or something else has to step up and meet those needs. Friends, it's not right, but it's what happens in our culture all the time. You and I don't have to look real hard 
to find situations where children aren't exactly being taught respect and being polite, being obedient, being contributors as a result, or, or, or in contrast, rather, to that of being a taker. How many kids do we know that if we were honest, and, and maybe we shouldn't express it this way, but how many kids have we known or at least met that we'd say something like this, I'd like to slap that kid. That kid's got an attitude. That kid's got some rebellion issues. That child has got some serious attitude problems. I think every one of us have known some kids and we've thought something like this. I'd like to slap them. But you know as well as I do, the kids are not the problem in this scenario. The problem is this, as many times they were raised in a home where the parents never put forth the energy to train their kids to be respectful and to be polite and to be hardworking. So the reason that we've got lazy kids with an attitude is because we, they were raised so many times by by parents who were lazy in their responsibilities with their children. Amen, whether we want to admit that or not. The problem is not the kids more times than not. The problem more times than not is the parents who are being too lazy in their responsibilities with their children to raise them to be the individuals they should be. They are slothful with their work. Now, I'm not going to spend a long time on this, but I do want us to see this, that if people as parents, as fathers and as mothers, are slothful so many times in meeting the needs of their children, in teaching them to be decent individuals as they grow up, then certainly we know this to be true, that there are so many parents who are lazy when it comes to training their children in the truths of God's Word. Amen and amen. See, we live in a culture today where so many parents believe it is completely unimportant to teach their children the things of God. So many children today are growing up in a home where they are completely ignorant of the Word of God. They have no idea, they have no understanding of what the Word of God teaches. And friends, that is not their fault. That does not fall on them. It falls on the parents, the shoulders of the parents, who fail in their responsibility to take the Word of God and to begin instilling it in their children from the earliest age possible. The reason that so many kids are illiterate of, of God's Word and His truths is because parents have absolutely failed because of slothfulness, because something else is more important or it requires too much energy to train their children in the Word of God. But sometimes the laziness looks like this. We think it's enough to call ourselves Christians and trust that that will somehow rub off on the kiddos. Are we hearing this? Yeah, I'm a Christian. Well, what exactly does that mean then by way of application in the home? You call yourself a Christian. You call yourself dad a, a, a Christian. Mom, you call yourself a Christian. So how does that actually work out then in the home? Because so many times what we see in our society today is this. People who love the title Christian, but when you look at the way they live their private lives, what's going on behind closed doors, friends, there's nothing Christian about it. See, that's laziness. 
in the parenting process of what is required of us as parents as it relates to our children. I'm just saying this. It requires more effort on our part as parents to raise godly children than for you and I to say, yep, we're Christians. At some point, we have to put forth the effort, we have to put forth the energy, and we have to live it in front of them. It has to happen. See, laziness is also seen or witnessed in this manner at times. I've had my kids in Sunday school since they were youngins. Well, who cares? I mean, it's good that kids are in Sunday school, but we need to be reminded that we cannot farm that out to a Sunday school teacher and expect it to take root the way that it's supposed to. It's not a Sunday school teacher's responsibility to do what I was the one entrusted to do by way of responsibility. It is good for the Sunday school teacher to reinforce what they are being taught at home. It is good for the youth teacher to reinforce what they have been hearing at our house for years. But it has never been and it will never be the responsibility of some Sunday school teacher or a pastor to make our kids spiritually what they're supposed to be. That is on us always has been, always will be. As a dad and as a mother, it is our responsibility to train them up. And yet so many times, even in the church, there are those who think, well, because I brought them to church, bless God, I'm doing my job. No, friend, that's not you and I doing our job the way we're supposed to. It is so easy If we're honest, it is so easy to be slothful in our work as it relates to the spiritual guidance, to the spiritual leadership, to the spiritual direction of our children. It takes effort. And so many people, even in the church, don't want to put forth the effort. So that in mind, notice what Solomon went on to say. He said, he also that is slothful in his work is brother. Is brother. Now I'm going to paraphrase that just a little bit, okay? And it's not violating the scripture at all. But we could read it like this. He also that is slothful in his work has a brother. You know, kind of like I've got a brother over in Oklahoma. Okay? The lazy person has a brother who is related to him, who is connected to him. The lazy person has this brother that is connected to them. And who is the brother to the lazy person? It is him that is a great waster. It's him that is a great waster. What does that mean? It means this. These two truths are always connected. These two truths are always combined. These two truths always go together. You can never separate the one from the other, no matter how hard you try, no matter how difficult it may be to admit. Friends, when you've got a slothful person, you're also then seeing that person connected 
to a brother by way of relationship, something that you cannot deny or avoid or, or, or get yourself away from, and that is this, you are then forever connected to the great waster. What does it mean to be a waster? It means to be the person who ruins or who spoils, allows it to go bad, the one who destroys. Does this make sense? See, this lazy person, there is something that will always be connected to them by way of relationship, and that is this. They will waste what they've been given or what they've been entrusted with. That's what lazy people do. They waste it. They destroy it. They ruin it. They allow it to spoil. They don't take advantage of it. And if you don't believe it, just think about it in terms of an occupation, in terms of a business where people do get compensated, where people do get paid. Let me ask you this. Have you ever worked beside a lazy person? Absolutely, most of us have. We have worked beside lazy people. So let me ask you, how well did that turn out for them more times than not? It didn't turn out too well for them, did it? Why? Because they wasted the opportunity that they had. You've got people who they go to work and they'll apply themselves, they'll work hard, they'll give it all they've got. And as a result, here's what happens. They eventually catch the eye of someone, and because they've caught the eye of someone with their hard work, their dedication, their determination, whatever you want to call it, as a result of that, they begin to promote, they begin to advance, they begin to do well for themselves. And yet you find the one who is slothful, the one who doesn't apply themselves, the one who is lazy, the one who avoids the work and the energy and the effort that it requires to do well. Here Here's what you see. They waste their opportunity to make something of themselves in their life. So they had an occupation. They had a line of work. They had a line of business. But because they were lazy, it never materialized or took shape in the way that it could have to where it became something wonderful to behold. So think about that principle in the areas of life where we're not financially compensated and see if it's any different. The answer is not at all. It's the exact same. Why? Because the slothful person is always connected by way of relationship to the person who wastes what they've been given. What do you mean? I mean this. All Susie and I have to do, and I know that this is Competitive for some of you, I apologize. But all Susie and I have to do is go back to the early years of our marriage when we were both lazy, and guess what we were doing? We were completely wasting and destroying the days that God had given us as an early married couple. I was too lazy to be the man I was supposed to be. Susie was too lazy to be the wife that she was supposed to be. And as a result, guess what just naturally happened? Because the two truths are forever connected by way of relationship, we were destroying our marriage ever so slowly. It wasn't until I started putting forth some effort and she started putting forth some effort and some energy and some determination that we actually began to make something of the marriage that we had been given. 
But until we put forth the effort, we were wasting what God had given us. Now again, here we are on Father's Day this morning, and I don't want to just focus on fathers, though. I want us to think about it as parents in general. I want us to think about this, that if you and I do not put forth the effort to be the parents that God has called us to be, then we will waste the opportunity that we were given to be the fathers and the mothers that God wanted us to be. How many of us have ever heard parents lament the behavior of their children? Oh, I don't know what to do with my kid. I just can't make my kid do anything. My kid's lazy. My kid's got an attitude. My kid is so rebellious. I can't wake my kids up in the morning. Whatever it may be. Have we ever heard parents do that? We've heard parents do that. Well, you just got some exceptionally bad children, didn't you, dad and mom? No. No. You know what those kids are? Those kids are the result of the raising that they've received. Because it's easier to just yell at kids than to make sure the kids actually do it. Okay, so why are there so many rebellious, lazy kids out there who who don't contribute, who just suck, who just take and take and take and take and take? Why is that? Because there have been so many parents who have been wasting the years that they were given with their children because they were too lazy to be the parents they were called to be by God. You cannot get away from this. Lazy parents waste the opportunity they were given by God to to raise up some contributing individuals to, to this world. So then you hear things like this. Well, I don't know why my kids don't have a heart for the things of God. We don't know why. I mean, let's just be honest. We really don't know why. If all you did was call yourself a Christian, but you didn't live it in front of them, you really can't expect them to have a great heart and a passion for the things of God. I'm not trying to be ugly, but but see, here's what's happened. So many people, as it relates to the spiritual things of life, they look at their kids somewhere down the road. They're like, I don't know why my kids ain't figured it out. I don't know why my kids aren't doing more for the Lord. Well, hold on. Here's what happened. We were lazy in our spiritual lives when we were raising our kids, when we had the opportunity to influence their thought, when we had the ability to influence their direction. We were lazy in that, and so as a result, we wasted the opportunity. And now we're dealing with the consequences. And friends, that's not because the culture is bad. That's not because they got hooked up with wrong friends. It's not because the public school system is such terrible position, you know, or condition. It's not that. It's because parents didn't do their job when they had the chance. Well, I had those kids in church every time the doors were open. That doesn't matter either. If we're not living it at home. See, there has to be an active pursuit of what we are trying to accomplish 
even in the lives of our children. And friends, if we are passive, if we are not putting forth the energy required in the spiritual realm of things to get our kids where we want them to be by the grace of God, then here is what is going to happen. We will waste the opportunity that we've been given, and we have no guarantee as to what our kids will be when they grow up. See, there are so many people, and I know you know this, there are so many people, and they lament how the kids have turned out. They lament what they are now producing in their own lives. It's just so disturbing to them as parents. And yet you want to say sometimes as a pastor, and maybe just sometimes as a layperson, you just want to say, friends, we didn't get here on accident. We were slothful in our work. We, we were lazy. We were inactive. We, we thought it was enough to just talk it. We thought it was just enough to just kind of send them and ship them off and, and hope they would come back godly. Now, listen, it, it, it's not an accident. These have always gone together, these principles, these truths, that when we are lazy in our work, whatever it may be, we will always waste then what we've been given because there is a connection between laziness and wastefulness wastefulness that never, ever, ever goes away. And so this morning what I'm trying to remind us of and what I'm trying to encourage us on is this, is to always be active in the process. I've got three children in the home right now. They're teenagers now. I have to be as active today with my children and their spiritual lives and their spiritual nourishment, nourishment and nurturing. I've got to be as active with them today as I was 17 and 15 and, and 10 years ago. I've got to be as active with them today as ever before or I will waste the opportunity that I've been given right now. See, and if you've got kids in the home right now, if you have children that you are, you are still you know, somewhat in control of their future, you've got to realize that you cannot be passive. Amen. You've got to step up. You've got to take charge. You've got to realize this takes work. This takes energy. This requires my time and my attention. And I've got to be as involved in this process as I am at the process or in the process at work where I get paid for it, because I can promise you this, there will come a day that this, where you receive no compensation, will mean more to you than any amount of compensation you ever got from your job. Amen. I'm just trying to remind us, I'm just trying to encourage us, I'm not trying to cast stones at anyone, I'm just saying that if you and I don't want to waste the opportunity that we've been given to raise up some children who know the Lord, who love the Lord, who want to serve the Lord, who want to please the Lord. If we don't want to waste it, then we better work hard at it. Because if we don't work hard at it, we have to then, because they're connected, we have to waste it. Because you don't get to be lazy and get this wonderful, wonderful result somewhere in the future. It just doesn't work that way. 
And this morning, I understand the audience. I understand who I'm speaking to today. I understand that many of you, and, and I know I've said this before, but I, I, I know that many of you, you would say, okay, Brother Kyle, my kids are out of the house. What's been accomplished has been accomplished, and what's been performed has been performed, and, and where they are at is where they are at, and, and what I did is what I did, and, and that's all water under the bridge, and, and Pastor, you know that I can't change that. I know that I can't change it. I know that you can't change it. There is nothing that can change what we were, good or bad. But I want to remind every one of us that so long as God gives us breath and so long as God gives breath to our children, we have the ability to have influence in their lives. The relationship changes. I understand this. I'm a 42-year-old man. My dad is 70 years old. I completely understand that it's not the same as whenever I was five and he was the age that he was. I get it that things are different. I understand that you can't be as forceful. You can't demand certain things. But I want to remind every parent in here, regardless of the age of your children, you have the ability to have influence on your children if you will put forth the effort to do so. But it takes effort. It takes energy. It requires work on our part. And again, I, I'm, I'm not here to make anyone feel bad. I'm not, anyone, I'm not here to make anyone regret coming to church this morning because you're just beating me up. That, that's not what I'm trying to do. I'm, I'm just trying to show us that if we are lazy in our work, regardless of what the work is. If we are lazy in being the dad and the mom that we have been called to be, then we are wasting the opportunity that God has given us. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to be a great waster. Does that make sense? I don't want to be a great waster. So what do I need to do? I need to put forth the energy. And I need to put forth the effort. In every area of life, but especially in the spiritual area of life, as it relates to my children and their direction and their future do I have control over everything they'll do in the days ahead? Of course not. I know that. But I cannot expect to get something out of them that I was never willing to invest in them by way of effort. And so this morning, I ask you to consider a very simple question, and that is this. When it relates to your children, and as it relates to their spiritual development, their spiritual direction, their, their spiritual temperature, as it relates to your children and their spiritual lives, I ask you to answer this question. Are you putting forth the effort that you should be putting forth in that work that you've been given?
I'm not saying you're not. I'm just asking you to ask the question. Are you putting forth the labor, the work, the energy? Or would you have to be honest this morning and say, man, I've been too passive in that area. I've been negligent. I've been lazy. I've kind of pushed that off on someone else. Or it hasn't even really been a thought lately. Are you as active as you should be or have you been passive? Regardless of where our kids are at in their personal lives, you and I can be active. You and I can be active in their spiritual lives. We have to use some wisdom. We have to use some discernment, some discretion. But it can be done if we want to put forth the effort. That's a choice that we have to make. Let's all stand this morning and bow our heads for prayer. Fathers, I come to you this morning. Lord, I pray that you would help us to be challenged by the truth of your word. Lord, that you would help us to realize that there will always be a connection between laziness and wasting what we were given by way of an opportunity. God, would you help us today to realize we can never be lazy and expect some great product to come forth. God, would you help us today if we've been lazy to, to get motivated again and, and to get right so that we can have an active part, an active role in the lives of our children, our grandchildren, those you've still given us influence with. And God, if, if people are here today and they would say, I, I'm active, I'm trying, I'm striving, would you help them today to just be encouraged to continue in that process to be what they're supposed to be? I pray this now in Jesus' name. Amen.